miracles when you move. Such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Nazareth. Your voice is calling me out right now. By the power of the Holy Ghost, new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like a Jericho. My walls are all crashing down. Right now, I know your name. No, I know. 
You guys have a seat. Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. It's a foggy day out there, but I know it's a Lord's Day, and it's so glad to be in the house. Whether you're joining us here in the worship center or you're at home, we just thank you for taking the time to join with us. Just a reminder that if you have any needs, prayer requests, if you're in the church today, you can always drop those by the Welcome Center or see one of the pastors um, here at the church. If you're watching online, please comment, tag us, call us this week, and just let us know how we can be praying and serving you, whatever your needs would be. It would just be our pleasure. I just have one thing I need to announce today, and it's the first thing I've had to announce in 10 years, and that is that as of Friday, we had to officially postpone Run Turkey Run. Working with the county officials and trying to do what's best for everybody, we made that decision. And I say the word postpone because we're already working on a spring date to try to move that over. So if you are registered for Run Turkey Run, I tell you this, that you can go online. There are a couple of options that you can play out if you just want that to go towards your registration for the next race. Um, I know you're not certain of dates. We're not certain of anything these days, are we? Uh, but as uh, it all plays out, don't hesitate to give us a call in the office. We'll be happy to work it out for you. But that race will continue on. This was our 10th annual. We were excited about it. And we know that it's going to be even more special now because it's going to be a little bit different. So make plans uh, to be a part of that. Also, this week being Thanksgiving week, um, we just uh, are going to be praying for your families, just everybody being safe. Enjoy the time. And like I said, this week being a holiday week, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call the church office um, or call us directly. I'll speak on behalf of Harold. You can reach us anytime and let us know, especially if the office is closed, like it will be on Thursday and Friday. Reach out to us. So, But it's just a privilege to be in the house today. And uh, we can't wait for this time of worship to continue on. So let's take a moment and uh, join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, and we don't take this freedom lightly. And Father, as all the things are still going on in this world, we just pray that you just put your hands on the people that need to feel your presence today. And Father, as they feel your presence, let them know that you're in control and you've got this well in hand. And we pray for health and safety for everyone, especially during this Thanksgiving season. And Father, today as we join together, whether we're in, in the house or whether we're at home and we're watching, we just ask that you speak to us through the words that Harold's going to bring. And pray, we just pray, Father, that those words would change us in a new and mighty way so we can be on service for you in, in sharing your son, Jesus Christ great gift with everyone we come in contact with. Be with the praise team as they continue to lead us in this service time. Just let us have a great time of um, fellowship and Bible study in just a few uh, minutes as we gather together. And Father, most of all, we just thank you for being there each day when we need you the most. And we thank you for guiding our paths. And today we pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to stand back up with us this morning. I know there's not much room, but if you feel like moving around uh, during this song, that's okay because Lindsay's going to sing it, and uh, she's going to perk you up on a foggy Sunday
You guys have a seat. That was a fun one. Um, so we've done this song a couple of times, and uh, I just kind of think it's a great song to kind of just get you in the mood for a sermon uh, where you're just kind of sitting um, and thinking about Jesus, which is probably a good plan. We've got a lot of time to sit around uh, now because of all the things going on. So uh, when you're sitting around, think of him.
Amen. Anybody want to say that this morning? All I want is Jesus. Amen. I hope, I hope that's the case. And uh, man, so good to be back with you this morning. Uh, man, we had a blessed week of revival, and uh, thank you for your prayers. I I know lots of you were praying, and I just really felt the presence of the Spirit this this week. And uh, God did some some awesome things. And uh, the, we decided the theme for the revival would be turn your eyes upon Jesus. And uh, man, it was just a blessed time because there's so many distractions these days and and to be able to just take some days and think upon Jesus. And uh, I, I've decided in January, I want to do a series here and just talk about turning our eyes upon Jesus. And I'm excited about that. I uh, had so much, I had lots of more sermons I, I wanted to work on this week uh, for that series. But uh, just uh, thank you for your prayers. I was just thinking this morning, there's just six weeks remaining in 2020. I hope you're still praying for your one. I want to ask you just uh, to be intentional, uh, maybe in these next few weeks, of having a, a conversation with your one about the Lord. Uh, God wants to save them. Y'all believe that? Yeah. And so uh, if you've been praying for them, it might be time to, to have some conversations. Uh, Jeff, uh, his one got saved this week, and uh, man, that's exciting. And uh, you'd be excited if your one got saved. And so be intentional about that. Uh, we've been going through the book of Job, a series called When Life Gets Tough. And uh, I've been working on uh, Job 32 through 37 uh, the past couple weeks. And uh, we, we meet a fourth friend named Elihu. 
and he speaks for five chapters. And uh, uh, I had a sermon called The Purposes of God in Suffering. And I worked on this Thursday and Friday again and uh, looked over my notes last night. And I was just thinking about Thanksgiving. You know, some of you ladies probably can relate to this a little bit better. But you cook something and you get ready to serve it and you realize it's just not hardly done. You ever been there? And uh, you can decide to go ahead and serve it or you can cook it a little longer. And, and uh, I felt like uh, this morning in particular that I needed to cook this one a little bit longer. And so I, I, sometime this week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this sermon, put it online. Uh, the Purposes of God in Suffering from Job 32 through 37. Uh, but uh, this morning in light of it being Thanksgiving week and, and in recognition that this Thanksgiving is going to look a little bit different for so many people. Uh, many people aren't going to be able to get together with their family, and I don't know about you, that, that kind of makes my heart ache to, to think about, especially elderly folks not being able to, uh, to see some of their family. And, and so church, it's a good opportunity for us, it's a reminder to us, it's a good time for us to raise our game in calling and checking on people and our shut-ins or elderly or widows. Uh, so maybe uh, as, a, as a gift of Thanksgiving, you, you might get your directory out this week and, and make a few phone calls and try to encourage a few folks. Uh, but this morning, I invite you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, a very familiar passage, uh, probably a very needed one. I'm going to talk about giving thanks in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I might have told this about those two men. They were walking through the field one day and they spotted an enraged bull and he was coming in their direction fast. And uh, they began to, to run towards the nearest fence and uh, they quickly realized they weren't going to make it. And uh, so one of them said to the other one, put up a prayer, John, we're in for it. And John said, listen, I've never, I've never made a public prayer in my life. And the companion said, you must. The bull is catching up to us. And he said, all right, I'll pray the only prayer that I know, the one my father used to repeat at the table. Oh, Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly thankful. And so we're going to talk about being thankful. Uh, I invite you to stand. First Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 16 through 18. We got somebody back there in the sound room that's got a big birthday today. Miss Jessica. Say happy birthday, Jessica. This is a significant one. I won't mention what number it might be, but uh, it turns the first number to uh, a significant number. And so uh, if you all see Jessica around, we appreciate her. She, she's worked double duty during COVID, and uh, we're thankful for all the hard work she's put in to, to get our services online. And so happy birthday, Jessica. We, we appreciate you. All right. Uh, verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray. Father, teach us today, remind us today of some things about Thanksgiving, about how we're to, to live with joy, uh, we're to live in an attitude of prayer, and we're to be a thankful people. And uh, Lord, we've sang about you. Uh, Lord, you are in control. You do all things well. You never make a mistake. Uh, Lord, we desire to to hear from you this morning. We want to we want to hear your word and and be changed by your word. And so, Holy Spirit, do your work. And uh, I'm certain that you have a message for all of us to hear this morning. And so, give us ears to hear. And we pray we'll be obedient to to listen and to obey. And we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. So. 
Uh, it's Thanksgiving this week, and it seems a little harder this year to maybe be thankful. Uh, it's been a tough year for so many, and uh, I think most of us can relate to that. Uh, we believe the Bible is from God, don't we? And, uh, and so we want to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And so we come to a verse, like verse 18, that says, Give thanks in all circumstances. And uh, so can we ignore that verse during a pandemic? You all can answer that. Shake your head like this. No. We, we don't get exception clauses in the Scripture, does it? Uh, we are told to give thanks in all circumstances. And yet, if we look around, many... Even Christians are living as if the, the sky is falling. And let's be honest, most of us have a roof over our head. Most of us haven't missed a meal. Most of us are not being persecuted. And So listen, if you and I claim to be saved, maybe we need to be reminded that this is not our home. We're strangers, pilgrims, aliens. We're passing through. And a matter of fact, the home that we're going to, it will have no diseases or viruses. And so, I mean, he's going to wipe all those out. Revelation 21.4. And so I've been preaching in the book of Revelation this week and just reminded that Jesus is Lord, Jesus wins, Jesus reigns, He gets the last word. And church, that makes all the difference to us. And so I'm going to direct your attention primarily to verse 18 this morning and give you three reasons why we should give thanks in all circumstances. The first reason is it is the clear will of God. It is the clear will of God. Uh, sometimes you hear... Someone say, maybe you've said it before, if I just knew what God's will was, I'd do it. You ever said that or heard it? If I just knew what God's will is, well, listen, good news. Open your Bible and it tells us clearly, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God. It's interesting, that little preposition at the end of verse 18, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, basically ties together verses 16 through 18 as one command for the believer. And so the believers, as believers, we should be characterized by constant joy, constant prayer, and constant thanksgiving. And God not only mandates these qualities to be in our lives, but uh, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. And so He tells us what His will is. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. He tells us what His will is. He works in us to accomplish His will. He is pleased when we do His will. He is pleased, church, when we live with joy. When our life is characterized by prayer and we are a thankful people. And so we are to be a people characterized by those things. Verse 16, joy, rejoicing. Verse 17, prayer. And verse 18, thanks, giving thanks. Now verse 18, does it say give thanks in some things? Take it like this, no, no. A little word there, pas, P-A-S. It's a little word, but it means every. It means all. In all circumstances, give thanks. No exceptions, no excuses. Nothing is outside those parameters. In all circumstances, give thanks. And is that a hard teaching? Yeah, it's hard. Paul says no matter what's happening in your lives, we're to be thankful. No matter the circumstance, the trial, the testing, the temptation, the struggle, the be thankful, give thanks. The one obvious ex exception would be sin. We obviously don't give thanks for sin. We resist sin and temptation. But this is not some mindless, 
thanksgiving fired off into space. This is thanks given directly to God. And uh, now why is this so important? Why is this one verse so important? And I think the answer to that is because thanksgiving is the essence of Christian living. Thanksgiving is the essence of Christian living. The opposite is unthankfulness. That's the essence of the unregenerate person, the unsaved person. If you look over in Romans 121, Paul is speaking to the ungodly, and he says they knew God. They, they know God through creation, and they know God through, through their conscience. But they, even though they knew God through those things, he says that they did not honor Him as God, and they did not give thanks. And so this is a charge that Paul has against the, the unsaved person, is that they do not give thanks to God. That's a pretty serious accusation. God created all things. Paul said in Acts 17, 28, For in Him we live and move and have our being. And so, as believers, we believe that every good and perfect gift comes from above. There are some who believe that every good things come as a result of chance or, or karma or luck. Or Others believe that they're somehow responsible for their good things in life. They made it happen and that success is because of their hard work and their intelligence and their abilities and and so we come to a passage like 1 Corinthians 4, 7, and Paul asks the question, what do you have that you did not receive? In church, we know what the answer to that is. Nothing. We don't have anything that God hasn't given to us. And He's not obligated to give us one more breath. And so we ought to be thankful for everything that we have. And for the believers, for the, for the followers of Jesus, you ought to be especially thankful. God, God didn't have to save you. He didn't save you because you were good enough. No, the Bible says our righteousness, our good stuff is as filthy rags to God. He's completely holy. There's nothing good in us. And so uh, if you're saved this morning, it is because God had mercy on you. Romans 9, 16. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. And so just get over yourself this morning and give glory to God because He saved you. And listen, in heaven, there's not going to be any boasting there. Pride's going to be gone. Uh, there's going to be lots of thanksgiving, though, because we're going to realize that we're there because of Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you for a moment, are you a thankful person? And let me help you to evaluate that a little bit. Which do you tend to talk more, about your blessings or about your disappointments? Your blessings or your frustrations? That's a tough one, isn't it? Do you find it easier to count your blessings or your afflictions? Are you content with what you have, or are you always dissatisfied, always wanting more? You know, you know, in the pre-COVID days when you got to visit some people, and you know, I, if you visit shut-ins or elderly people, most of them, not all of them, but most of them will, will tell you that when they grew up, they were dirt poor. Many of them. And then they'll usually say, but it was good. They kind of put those two together. We didn't have anything, but... but but it was good, and, and yet we America is richer today than, than she's ever been, and yet there are a few happy people, and, and, and everybody seems to be trying to get more, and, and getting more seems to make them more miserable. You ever notice that? And so how about this one? Would others say that you're a thankful person? Would others think that would say that? And so I want you to know that it is God's will for you to give thanks in all circumstances. I have a poem that often reminds me of why I should be thankful. I might have shared it before. I don't think so. But it says, forgive me when I whine today upon a bus. 
I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her. She seemed so gay, and how I wished I were so fair. Then suddenly she rose to leave. I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch. But as she passed, a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet. The world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets, the lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. I said, it's nice to deal with you. Such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Then when walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. And so the, the first reason that we should give thanks and everything is because it is the clear will of God. The second reason we should give thanks is because of the confident workings of God. Uh, I want this to, to be as practical as possible. One of the reasons that we don't give thanks in all things is because we often look at things from our perspective instead of God's perspective. And church, that makes all the difference in the world when we have His perspective. Our perspective is often skewed. I've, I've told you before about the frog legs. There was a, a seafood restaurant and they decided to sell frog legs. And a local farmer was in there one day and he heard that they were going to sell frog legs. And so he went to the owner and said, where are you getting your frog legs? And he said, I've got an out-of-town supplier. And he said, won't you let me supply the frog legs? And the owner said, that'd be great. When can you bring them in? And he said, how about next Friday? And so next Friday he showed up with seven frog legs. And the owner said, I thought you had all kinds of frog legs. And, and the farmer said, I, I thought I had thousands. It sounded like thousands. But it was only few. And in, in life, isn't that the case? Even in the church, there, there are some, there are a few with loud voices and opinions. And sometimes they sound like thousands. And most often, there are only a few. And what we've learned in Job is what really matters is what God thinks. Uh, what others think is really irrelevant most of the time. What God knows and thinks is what's most important. And, and so I'd, I'd like to help you have a different outlook on life, have a, a biblical perspective. And so if you turn over to Romans 8, 28 and 29, I was going to use those in the Job. These are great verses to memorize. Some of you had those memorized. Uh, and we know that some things work together for good. Does yours say that? Anybody's? No. Verse 28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purposes. Our Bible say all things. Do, do you believe that? It's, it's what it says. I mean, it's the Word of God. Does all things include a, a difficult boss? Or a troubled marriage? Or a wayward child? Or back pain? Or depression or disease or viruses or sickness or loss of a loved one, cancer, financial difficulties. Verse 29, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. 
That verse tells us that God's ultimate goal in the lives of the believer is not to make us healthy, wealthy, prosperous. His primary goal in our lives is to conform us to the image of His Son. And I, I believe those two verses can really change the way we look at circumstances in life because those two verses teach us that, that God can work through any and every circumstance in life and He can work it for our good as He works to conform us into the image of Jesus. Now, so how does that affect how we live our lives? Well, listen, if I, if I break my leg this week, instead of saying, God, why did you allow this to happen? What if I said, God, what do you want me to learn from this broken leg in order that I might be more like Jesus? And it'd probably be patience and compassion, and there's a lot of things that I probably could learn with the broken leg that, that I wouldn't learn on my own. And so you say, how could you be thankful with a broken leg? Listen, I could be thankful because the confidence that I have that God will work it for my good and He will use it in my life to make me more like Jesus. And He's got a lot of work to do in my life. And I want to look more like Jesus. Here's Paul's perspective in Philippians 1.12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. You say, what happened? Paul went through every kind of trial and, and uh, difficulty. He was stoned and beaten and imprisoned. And if you can think of it, he probably happened to Paul. And he was able to look back and rejoice in the fact that God used it to spread the gospel. Folks, we can be thankful for all the circumstances because of our confidence that, that God is able to work it for our good and for His glory as He conforms us to the image of His Son. And it was actually one of the same points that I, I have in the, the, if I preach that sermon this week online, you'll hear that same point, that God is able to use it for our good and for His glory. And so we can give thanks because it's the clear will of God. It's because of the confident workings of God. And the third reason we can give thanks is because of the completed work of God. And one of the greatest reasons that we should all be thankful is because we know of the work that Jesus completed on our behalf on the cross. He accomplished our salvation. And I think one of the reasons that we're not more thankful is because we don't journey to the cross as often as we should. Listen, we ought to, as believers, we ought to go to the cross every day. And because the more time that we spend at the cross, the more thankful we would be. Now you say, why do you say that? Listen, when we go to the cross, we see Jesus, our, our Creator, the one who loves us the most. We see a sinless, innocent man dying the death that we deserve. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, and we're the sinners. We deserve to die. We deserve to go to hell and pay for our sins. That's what we deserve. And yet, because of His mercy and grace, He took our sins, bore our cross, died in our place, paid our sin debt. And listen, when we come to Him in repentance and faith, listen, He forgives our sin. He imputes to us His righteousness. And so basically He took our bill, our, our sin debt, and He stamped on it, paid in full. He accomplished that for us on the cross. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates His love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. More than that, having now been justified. We're justified. Our, our, our sin record has been erased and Christ's righteousness has been applied. Having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. 
And so Paul writes about the redemptive work of Christ in Romans chapter 5 and, and says that his atonement on the cross, he says, it is in this great work of Christ that we exalt, that we rejoice. And so we know Christ came with the mission and his mission was to give his life as a ransom. And that's exactly what he did. And so 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Christ died according to the scriptures. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. On the third day, he arose again in accordance with the scriptures. He, he died. They buried him. He rose again. He rose victorious over death. That work has been completed. It was a once for all work. It, he was the perfect sacrifice. He offered himself, Hebrews 10, 12. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And so I stand before you this morning as one who is thankful for the completed work of the Lord on my behalf. And listen, when we think of the cross, our heart should be filled with thanksgiving. It should overflow with thanksgiving that Jesus has done that for us. And so are you giving thanks in all circumstances? And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you should be. And so in light of these three verses, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, uh, give thanks in all circumstances. I, I suspect that most of us have some things to confess to God. And uh, I, I bet that if we evaluated those three verses every night before we went to bed, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks. I, I su- bet we'd probably have to confess that most. I, I would on a regular basis. And so in light of this week being Thanksgiving, and, and even more importantly, in light of first. Thessalonians 5.18, let us be careful, let us be intentional about giving thanks in all circumstances. And Let me ask you, have you stopped lately to count your blessings? Have you named them one by one? I bet it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And so, take some time this week to count your blessings. Life's tough, but our blessings are great. And listen, if you're here and you've never trusted in Jesus and His sacrifice on the cross to save you, listen, He invites you to come to Him in repentance. That means turning from your sins and and trusting in His completed work on the cross. And again, on the cross, He took our sin. He took the, the punishment for our sins and He died. Paid it completely. They buried Him on the third day. He arose again and He offers to forgive us. Uh, he offers to bring you into the family uh, and part of the, the blessings is this promises of being forever with the Lord. He, he invites you to, to be a part of, of His family. And this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we should, re, we, we, we should be the most joy-filled, prayerful, thankful people on the planet. And, uh, and I, let me just add this before we close. I, I think one of the greatest ways that we can show our gratitude to to God for His great salvation is, is by sharing it with others. And listen, church, God has planted this church, Burlington Baptist, right here in Boone County, northern Kentucky. This is our Jerusalem. God has put us here for a purpose, and uh, He wants us to reach this community and, and, and then to the, to the ends of the, of the world uh, with the glorious gospel. And, uh, and so let's be faithful in doing that. Let's pray. Father, Forgive me when I don't live with joy. Forgive me when I don't come to you in prayer like I should. And Lord, forgive me when I'm not thankful. Lord, I 
have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And uh, I have a future inheritance that's imperishable, that never passes away. I, I have a, a Lord who is forever faithful, who never leaves me or forsakes me. I have His Spirit that seals me and indwells me and teaches me and convicts me. And Lord, we have so much in Christ. And uh, we just want to give thanks this morning. Forgive us. We want to confess our lack of thanks. And, and Lord, we want to be faithful to share this good news with those around us. And we pray this morning that, that if there's someone here not saved, that, uh, that you might graciously save them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. Listen, uh, just a couple things. If you're not saved, what a great day to be saved. What a great day. Jesus completed for you on the cross everything you need to be saved. And He invites you to come and put your faith in His work. And in those three verses this morning, rejoice, pray, and be thankful. I, I suspect some of us probably should confess uh, the lack of those things and I invite you to do that. You, you can come up here and pray. You can pray at your seat, but, but maybe you'll say, Lord, help me to, to be a more thankful person. Forgive me of groanings and grumblings and all that. Help me to be thankful. I invite you to respond this morning as the Lord leads. Take all I Heaven's hands and ropes apply. God, all that I am and find my heart. On the altar again, set me on fire. Set me on
Thank you so much. Thank you for being here this morning. I, let me just uh, say, I, I know that, uh, you know, COVID numbers seem to be going up and uh, we want to take precautions here. And so we'll, we'll have our deacons dismiss you from the back to the front and uh, we're sanitizing everything. And, and we realize that, that some people don't feel comfortable here and we certainly appreciate those tuning in uh, online. Uh, we, we hear people in the church get COVID and family members do and we pray for them. And, uh, and so we want to be careful, and uh, we're thankful to still have in-person worship for those who feel comfortable. Uh, we know people need the Lord, we, we, so we want to have an opportunity for that. Uh, but please recognize that uh, this is real, and people in our church get it. Carlos uh, got it right now. So pray for one another. And uh, I'm going to let Danny make a couple announcements, and I'd like to just pray for those with, with yeah. COVID. Yeah, um, we got our um, Friday night live studio three here in the sanctuary if you want to come and watch uh we're going to open that up and um you can see just exactly how goofy we do act when we get together uh but that's going to be live it's going to be in here and also out on the um on the airwaves and then uh the dollar club or the clear boxes on the way out um you give to those it's getting it's going to be christmas time so those get an extreme amount of use so uh anything that you give to that is greatly appreciated all right, and uh, we have Bible study starting at 9.30, and uh, if you don't have a Bible study, we, we'd love to find you one. Uh, Danny's class is going through Revelation. Uh, our class downstairs is going through Holy, going to talk about who's the Holy Spirit this morning, and uh, there's several other teachers, Greg and uh, others. We'd, we'd love to help you find a class if, if you're interested in a Bible study uh, after service this morning. So let us know how about that. Well, just join me in prayer, though, this morning. Father, we want to just come and uh, just spend a few moments uh, praying for one another. And uh, we, we have so much that we want to pray for, need to pray for. We, we need you so desperately in our country, in our church, in our lives. And uh, we pray for our country. We pray for our leadership. We, we pray for, we pray against the division and animosity. We, we pray for healing for our land. Lord, we know we need Jesus. We pray for the gospel to go out. We pray for our church that, that we would be a, a light to those who need to hear the good news. Lord, we pray for our ones. Lord, I, I pray for, for Kent and Jeff this morning. I thank you for Johnny and his salvation this week. And, and I pray for the ones of those gathered in this room or listening. We pray that we might have an opportunity to tell them about Jesus and, and to see them be saved. Lord, we pray for those... Uh, Battling COVID, Lord, I, I pray this morning for Carla and Bob and Jenny and Timothy and many others. We, we just want to lift them up to you. We pray for their healing and recovery. Lord, we pray that uh, we would uh, be safe as we worship. We pray you would help us to take precautions and, and uh, to love one another. And we pray for those working on vaccines and their health care workers. We know that uh, some of them are overwhelmed right now. We pray for them for endurance and strength and Lord, we just we need your hand in our lives. And and as we gather some for Thanksgiving this week and some who aren't able to gather, we, we pray encouragement, especially for those who are lonely and 
uh, such a, a big day for so many, and, and yet they won't get to see their children or grandchildren. Or, Lord, we just pray for your, your comfort for them and love. May they know your love and your presence, and may they feel that. And Lord, as, a, as believers, as a, as a church body, may we, we reach out to one another in love and compassion and, and uh, with joy and, and minister to one another. Give us a, a heart like Jesus, especially this week. And uh, Lord, we'll praise you for, for how you use us to, to encourage others. We love you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.